listening to the Saluki Games Cast. My name is Justin Young. This is episode 44 for May 5th, 2023. Uh, joining me. The fifth. <laughs> um, rejoining me, as always, <laughs> Alicia's throwing me completely off. Our <laughs> <laughs> OJ Duncan, Alicia Utech, who's just a troublemaker, as we've now established. What can I say? <laughs> and Ryan Frills. How are you all doing? Oh, it's that time of the semester. <laughs> so I'm, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, a lot of my end of the semester work is already done, so I, I feel pretty good. I do want to make a notice for the listeners. I may sound really stuffed up today. Uh, I So I had a an experience this morning. Uh, so I have really bad allergies, and I take uh, Claritin and Zyrtec, uh, sometimes Benadryl if they're bad, and I use Flonase as a nose spray, and I have eye drops that are, is called Zatador. Well, there's a new type of nose spray called Estapro. And it, I looked online and it said you can take it with Flonase uh, and they wouldn't really do anything. So I sprayed my nose with the Estapro for the first time this morning and uh, I my nose started stinging a little bit and then I sneezed and it was all blood. So I... <laughs> uh, I uh, and to, I'm a little worse off today than I was before I took the Estapro. Were you scared when, like... <laughs> All blood came out. <laughs> so, uh, or did you just think you were having a 2000s anime moment? <laughs> <laughs> I was just nervous. It's fine. Yeah, no. Um, I, uh, so I've, I've experienced nosebleeds before. Because I take so much stuff for allergies all the time, I can get pretty dry a bit in there. It hasn't happened for a long time, to, though. And it was, it was a lot right at first. But it, it stopped pretty quickly. Uh, but I've sneezed a couple of times today, and it's been bloody. So I had to warn everybody here in the room that it was happening, and I wanted to warn the readers. If you hear a or a sneeze or uh, just notice that I don't sound well, it's it's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> or if he just kills over during the middle of the podcast, may, you I now may. know what's happening. Yeah. We're not calling 911. We're grad students. We can't afford the ambulance. Right. <laughs> you can just walk me there. Well, we can Justin, drive you. <laughs> I do have my car here. I can drive okay, you. <laughs> okay. I didn't know about gas. It's expensive now. And then Justin pulls an Amazon and on us and makes us like work through it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's content. We're going to keep recording. I'll just I'll just take out my phone and we'll record on that and we'll Get the just... video up on the Saluki Games website. Oh yeah, like <laughs> video OJ in the hospital. OJ's playing Two Point Hospital for real this time. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Ryan, how about you? How have you been? Sleepy. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been good. I've just, I've been, I've, I've kind of been resting a lot this week because a uh, production week was like a busy, busy week. And so I've been resting a lot this one and just kind of going back and watching like old Simpsons and middle Simpsons and newer Simpsons and old Simpsons is still better. And, um, yeah, not, not, not really much to say beyond recovering so <laughs> yeah we should talk about that briefly at least um that you and alicia were involved with a recent production the Klein now uh do either of you want to like talk about that a little yeah so dr alex lockwood i have to emphasize doctor because he newly his, meant it yep <laughs> it was this semester um he adapted and directed the production of After the Revolution, which is adapted from the novel by Robert Evans. And so we had that in the Kleinau last week at the end of the week, which was a lot of fun. Um, 
the story is kind of cyberpunk, post-apocalyptic, kind of... I struggle to describe the story. I don't know. How would you describe the story? <laughs> it's very kind of Fallout-ish. I mean... yeah. But in video game terms, right? Like, yeah. it is about augmentation of the body and everything, and in a, this sort of like post-apocalypse or at least post-society, yeah, America. Yeah. So it was a really, it was a really good performance. I'm I'm happy with the work that we did. I think that I think that Alex is happy with how it all came together mm-hmm. in the end. So. It was a good time. It was a lot, though. It was a big cast show. I think what, we have a cast of nine. So the whole process of preparing and rehearsing and getting everyone together. And then our lead actress broke her foot Friday, a week before the show opened. Right. So we had to work around that. <laughs> but I think, it all, I think it all turned out really well. Yeah, I went, uh, what, Friday night? And um, it was a good good show. Uh, I think it is the largest cast I've ever seen in a Kleinau show. I mean, I haven't been to every show, obviously. but um, So that was kind of an interesting shift and change, you know. Um, and it was interesting. Like, one of my students uh, was in it. Um, so that was kind of fun to see, like, a variety of different people that I know from different uh, places. Yeah, that was one of the really cool things, like, a lot of the performance studies grad students were there, but then also we had multiple undergrads who, you know, we had a couple of them who are comm studies majors. We had a couple who we brought over from the theater department mm-hmm. because of various connections to them. So it was really cool. Great. Um, so I, I went to a concert last weekend. <gasps> Today uh, is National Concert Day. Oh, my gosh. That's a well, what a transition. <laughs> Queen of transitions, Alicia. <laughs> now, what concert did you go to? Uh, I went to see the Wallflowers. Oh. Um, so Wallflowers of One Headlight fame, um, which pre-show, they're, uh, they come out on stage, uh, somebody from the venue is like talking to us about you know, their accolades. And one of them was that One Headlight is the number 54 four or something greatest pop song in history according to rolling stone which everybody <laughs> in the room just kind of turns and looks at each other like really <laughs> um i love that it's number 54 it was something like that it was in the 50s <laughs> is what i remember it's not in the top half but it's real close <laughs> yeah it's real close um i mean it is a great pop song but you know it's also one of those things you're like wait do I agree with that? Like, <laughs> I'm here to see them. I, I think they're good, but does do I agree with that? And But th- my favorite moment of the entire show is, you know, you always have one person who's had too much to drink before the show begins. Mm-hmm. And so we're, the show begins, and there's a woman standing uh, like a couple rows behind us, and she's just shouting, I love you. We love you. <laughs> like, you know, and we're we're pretty far back. So like, she's really shouting this to like have them on stage, hear her. And so she does this for the first few songs. And finally, Jacob Dylan, the lead singer, um, he responds and says, uh, thank you. We love you too. And this is the most like Midwestern response because then the woman shouts back, 
You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's great. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, okay, well, at least you're like the polite drunk. <laughs> like, way to go, lady. Um, but yeah, that was that was a fun experience. Um, you know, that was a band that I, I very much liked, at least those first two albums quite a bit. And uh, getting to go see them live, you know, it's like... It's always fun to see music live. At least I'm a big fan. <laughs> so uh, we are wrapping up. This is the last week of classes. Actually, I guess at this point, all classes are done. And uh, next week is finals. So we are really wrapping up the end of the semester here. Um, so why don't we just jump right into what you've been playing. Alicia, what have you been playing? <sighs> You know, as we're in that time of the semester and everything around me is stressful, there's only one thing that calms me down, and that's Power Wash Sim. <laughs> <laughs> now that I have the proper tools, I have everything I'm supposed to have. <laughs> you know, it is hilarious, honestly. Just, you know, I, the whole thing is funny mm -hmm. to me. The whole journey of, like, starting off and being like, but I don't have, this is a residential power washer, why don't I have a industrial one when I'm supposed to be doing industrial work. <laughs> right. Um, but it's also really funny to me, like, how invested I'm getting in the, like, it's, it's a power washing simulator. What do you mean there's story? But then all of a sudden, like, I'm cleaning the monster truck and the person's texting, like, oh, yeah, here's all the theories about the missing cats. And some people are theorizing that they're doing this ritual and sacrificing them to the volcano. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm God. like, what? <laughs> and then... The one I'm working on now, I th I'm cleaning the fortune tellers, like, caravan thing, and I'm getting the messages pop up of, like, oh, crap, like, the volcano's gonna, if that volcano blows, like, this town's in real trouble, and I'm like, oh, no, I'm like, hang on, why am I so invested in the storyline for a power wash simulator game? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's got a real interesting, I mean, just that there is a story. Right, and that yeah. it, it does eventually pay off in some ways, and you're just kind of like, okay, well, that's interesting that you even took the time and effort, right, to expand this into a, a, a sort of world, not just like random things I'm cleaning. There's a world <laughs> like you, you, you know, you come back. I think what last time I was cleaning, last time we recorded, I was working on cleaning the carousel, and then you come back and you clean the helter skelter, and you clean the caravan and each time you can look around and see the things you've already cleaned and i'm like this is the instant gratification that i'm looking for in my life right now <laughs> yeah i particularly like that part that you clean the first and then you come back and you're seeing the like kind of fair fill out and everything mm -hmm. as you do it i thought that was really kind of a, a clever way to approach that because uh, it did make you feel like a sense of progression right instead of just random objects that you're cleaning and then you're like hearing from, you know, when you're cleaning the carousel, you're hearing from the guy who has the helter skelter. And then when you're cleaning that, you hear from the lady who has the carousel. <laughs> yeah. And so just having those connections is just so beyond what I would have expected for a power wash simulator. <laughs> <laughs> Are, are you finding it a very relaxing experience? I mean, here, you know, obviously, as we talked about with the play going on and then the final week of classes, is it a good go-to relaxer for you? It is. Oh, my gosh. It's so nice. I, you know, I don't have to really think. I can just 
do it and just get that instant gratification of watching something become clean without having to worry about trying to clean things in real life and my kitten getting in the way. <laughs> it, it has been like... That's for the sequel. They're going to add cats. <laughs> there we go. You uh, can't accidentally spray them. <laughs> there we go. That's that's what they got to do. Oh, yeah, good. It's been really nice. Like, I... You know, when I first got the game, I was like, yeah, I'll play it for like 10 minutes and then put it down. And now I'm like three hours later. <laughs> oh, no. I, sp- I have to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the things that makes it a really enjoyable experience. We've talked about this before, but it can be that sort of almost like mobile game experience where you jump in for 10 minutes and jump out. But you can also sit there and marathon for a while if you want. I mean, my hand would eventually get tired <laughs> i was playing it on pc with a mouse and so i my hand would eventually get tired doing that um so i did have to take breaks but it is really fun to just jump in here's 10 minutes i can play this and i can listen to something in the background and it's just a very relaxing experience doing it yeah and i i love that i you know i just keep it on mute because at least when I put her on mute, there wasn't a soundtrack other than just the power wash noises. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I can just like throw on YouTube and or put on a movie and do this, and it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, great. Uh, anything else? That's been it. That's been. I'm I'm amazed that I had time to do that. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad you found some time for something that relaxes you, right? Now that I have the proper tools. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, Ryan. So the only real like so uh, thing I've played lately is I tried out Doom sixty four. Okay. Um. So ba- basically, like I was at a friend's house. Friend had to take a nap. Um. And so while they're doing it, I was playing on their Switch and like I tried out Doom sixty four. This is a very Seinfeld like situation. Your friend <laughs> falls asleep and you play with their toys. <laughs> basically. Um. And I. So here's what I'll say good about it. Um, I do like how the game looks. I it like it's like a good looking N64 game to me, and it, it actually looks really nice on. I played it handheld. It looks really nice on the Switch screen, like, and I get like it's dated at this point, but in a way that's like very charming. It wasn't like it took me out of it. it's like oh this is an ugly N64 game. No, this is like for what it is. It's still it's still like really neat to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that aesthetically it was really neat and that, like, they caught the bleakness of Doom, maybe even more so than, like, the first levels of, like, the original Doom did. Um, I need to still play all the way through Doom. I think I just played the first game because there's, like, five games within it. Like the first episode. Yeah, I yeah. think I just played through the first episode. But, um, but like, that one, I think, like, pumped up on, like, it being an action game. This one felt more like horror, like, as soon as I looked at how the environments looked. Um, and I just, I liked the bleak aesthetic of it. Um, I think more than the other one, this kind of made me think of, like, what, you know, kind of moving through, like, an alien movie or something. How, um, and, oh, and one more other good thing to say, like, I do like how it controls on the Switch. I still prefer, like, having, like, the the Nintendo Pro controller and move, using that to move around on the mm-hmm. screen. But the Switch screen, actually, it, it aiming at things feels very focused on that. Mm-hmm. And, like, the Switch handheld actually is, like, I felt like it was a very nice way of playing Doom. And, like, now I kind of want to go back and play regular Doom with that and see how that feels. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of people who swear by Doom 64, and I, I don't feel like I've 
I feel like I maybe have touched it once, but like never really sat down and tried to play it. Um, but they swear by it being like the superior Doom of the uh, original Doom and Doom Two. That sixty four is like the idealized version. I don't feel that way. So, like I said, like good, like I was singing praises about certain things, but if you're asking me as like game playing experience, ultimately, um, I still think like it's much more interesting to move your way through like the levels of the original nineteen ninety three Doom. Um, and granted, I like got through like I finished one chapter of one episode of this, but already, um, it didn't feel quite as interesting to move. I just kind of felt like I was bumping around through a level until I found where I needed to get to. Uh, whereas it was kind of a treat to figure out, like, the layout and, like, the labyrinthine feel of, like, levels in Doom 1993. Um, and by the second level, I was, like, at a puzzle that was, like, I felt like it kind of got what it was doing, but it felt like I was just, like, doing things to see what stuck, to see what worked until I got through it. It wasn't, like, a fun puzzle to figure out or anything. Um, I think it was, like, something, like, there was a key on a space that was too high for you to get to, and you have to keep, like, finding certain switches and stuff, and it will go on, like, progressively, like, lower spots, or it will just keep moving to a different spot. And it was, like, I was already at this point, and I was already, like, kind of just annoyed with the game. Mm. Um, whereas Doom, it was really fun to see the way the levels kept changing up things on you. Um, this, like, it was by the time I was at the second level, like, I enjoyed the aesthetics and stuff of it, but... As much as I enjoyed the aesthetics of the first level, and maybe I thought they were, like, maybe more interesting than what I got, like, in the first level of the original Doom, there was, by that point time, though, multiple levels that I still would, like, go above the first level on Doom 64. And I just got so annoyed with the second puzzle. And granted, I need to give it more of a chance. I need to play it a little bit more. I, I do want to play it more. I'll give it that much. But, like, I if you're asking me, like, if what holds up better just from the get-go... I definitely still say it's the original Doom. Um, like, like I said, like I'm, I was surprised by how well Doom held up when I played it. Like, Resident Evil Four is still like my favorite like shooter type of game, but like Doom is close up there, like original Doom. Um, All right. Uh, anything else? Uh, no, I, I mean Tetris to de-stress, and I guess I will say I finally have like fallen off of Marvel Snap, and I haven't played it for weeks, oh. so. I guess one of the big news is what I haven't been playing there. Like I've, I finally had my fill of that. And I feel like Marvel snap has gotten to a point where the meta of the game of like learning, like the perfect combination of setting up a deck and everything has taken me out of wanting to play it as much because I feel like I don't want to engage with that. Mm -hmm. Like, I just want to be able to sit down and casually play, and I find it's getting more and more challenging to just sit down and casually play without, you know, going on YouTube and watching videos about, well, this is the perfect deck if you want to play this way, and, and that just doesn't interest me. It, diehard fans, I'm sure, are eating it up, but mm -hmm. it doesn't interest me. Yeah, I I mean, I, actually, I like some of the meta stuff, but I think it got to the point where I tried a lot of the de types of decks I wanted to play. And there's other decks I, can, I still can try out, but they're not ones I want to do as more just because I don't want to make the experience less fun for the other player. And, like, some of the decks I can think of are, like, the decks that make it hard for the other player to even play cards. Hmm. And I kind of find that annoying when, you know, I'm in a situation and I can't quite even play the cards. Like, mm -hmm. uh, there's some things I like doing. Like, I sometimes like messing with people, like, using Spider-Man. Like, if he's going to copy in another location, I think it's cool to, like, web up a couple of locations or... You know, if it's like only play on this space on space, you know, on turn five, 
and then I love that space up on turn four. Sometimes that's, like, fun, but, like, overdoing it, like, by making every turn and every card you have to make it as hard for the other player to play as possible, that's not something I really mm-hmm. enjoy doing. So, like, and that's what it feels like some of the leftover stuff for me to try is, and I'm sure there's stuff I'm missing. I'm sure there's stuff I can try more of, or I can, like, better and improve my decks, but, like, I feel like for what the game has done, I feel like it's... Not, like, those differences aren't, like, interesting enough for me to want to keep playing. Like Sure. So I, I just feel like it... And there's a good chance I will come back to it at some point. But right now, I'm just... I've had my fill. So. All right. Uh, OJ, are you playing any? Uh, no, I haven't really been playing Marvel Snap at all. Um, okay. I, I want to. Um, I have a huge affinity for Agatha Harkness, and I want to play through until I get her, but she's pretty in the advanced cards that you received, so I I haven't gotten there yet. I haven't had a whole lot of time. Okay. I knew you at one time were playing quite a yeah, bit. So. Yeah. And, uh, Ryan, was there anything else you wanted to talk about? Oh, no. Like The main thing was Doom 64 and honestly Tetris, but there's nothing new for me to say Tetra- about Tetris at this point. So, <laughs> I mean, there's not anything new I think I could ever say about Tetris, but I, I've, I've said my feelings on that. They're the same. I, it's a love... A game I love, and as much and while well, Marvel Snap took its place for a little bit, Tetris is back. So, <laughs> all right, uh, OJ, what have you been playing? Um, so I've had a really busy couple of weeks, and I haven't really been playing much of anything. But I did want to talk about the Gamer Lounge at SalukiCon. Um, so we, uh, Mario and I, uh, worked to put together the Gamer Lounge, and that's gay as in G A Y M E R Gamer Lounge. And uh, every year we've done something a little bit different. Um, The biggest thing we did this year is we had uh, leaderboards. So it was Saturday and Sunday. On Saturday, Mario did a quick tutorial on how to do a 16-star speed run on Super Mario 64. Uh, And that was really interesting. I've never seen anybody actually talk through the things that you do. Uh, So that that was really awesome. And then... Uh, we had people, we, they had 10 minutes to see how many stars they could get in Super Mario 64. Uh, the Mac, the winner was six stars, I think, uh, but a lot of people had never played it before, and so they were just playing around and trying to figure out what they could get. And then uh, on, on Saturday also, we had a Tetris leaderboard, so I have new stuff to say about Tetris. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, but yeah, so we had uh, people coming in, and they, uh, on one life, to see how many li- lines they could get. Uh, and we were doing the, uh, I believe, s- the NES version of it. Or was it Super Nintendo? I think it might have been Super Nintendo, actually, now that I think about it. Um, but it was it was one of the older versions on the Switch. And uh, so it was like 146 or something that somebody got. Dang. Um, yeah. And then one, uh, one person came in, and it was a man with his daughter. And she was maybe five or six. And he was controlling, he had one controller and she had the other one. And he was like, okay, so turn it, turn it, and then drop it. And then, and telling her what to do. And they were playing together and they made it pretty far. They were probably second place, I think, actually. <laughs> uh, so that was pretty, that was pretty awesome. Uh, the you person normally think of that as a co op game. Right, exactly. Um, so, uh, but I, I thought it was pretty awesome. They worked really, really well together. Uh, and, uh, See, so that was the what we did on the first day. The second day, the leaderboards, we did F0X on the N64. Um, and it was Mute City. And uh, it's because it's kind of impossible to lose on that one. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so we just had people, we did a time trial to see who can make it through. And then we had a Smash Brothers Ultimate Tournament, uh, which is really awesome. It brought a lot of people in too. 
Um, and one, one of the highlights of the whole con for me is that there was uh, uh, someone was doing a Columbo cosplay. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, that's right. great. Uh, and so uh, when, when she came in I, and I saw, I saw what she was wearing, I was like, oh, wait, is that Castiel? And then I was like, no, the tie is wrong. Is it Constantine? No, not quite. <laughs> right. Uh, but then she started talking, and I was like, oh, it's Columbo. And it was, like, very clear that it was Columbo once she started talking. Uh, so I thought that was re- it was really awesome. And then so she came in both days as Columbo, and it was, it was just fantastic. It was perfect. It was a perfect cosplay of Columbo. Uh, and she had a book, and it was Peter Falk. Is that his last name? I think. Yeah. yeah. It was Peter Falk's uh, biography, but wrote Columbo on it just so people would know because he was he was dressed as Columbo on the cover anyway. But mm, yeah, uh, yeah, that was fantastic. But the whole con was really great. On Saturday, I think it was busier than Eclipse Con, the first one that we had, um, which had been the busiest so far. So uh, Sunday was slower, but the Sunday and cons are a lot slower generally. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, all the big stuff was on Saturday, but it was really, really busy. I was very excited. And apparently it's going to be EclipseCon again, so we'll have a lot more people from around the country in the area uh, coming to it, so it'll be pretty busy. Uh, but yeah, the Gamer Lounge was really nice. It was a, it was a good way to end it for me because uh, Mario's going to be taking over next year, um, and I'm not going to be putting it together. So I think it was a really awesome uh, way for me to have my last Gamer Lounge. I mean, I'll, I'll be a part of SalukiCon probably, but not as putting it at the Gamer Lounge, so I was really excited. And that sounds like a great transition to have him come in Mm -hmm. and be part of it and, you know, start trying out, like, how's the speed running Mm -hmm. and leaderboard stuff going to work. And, you know, Mm -hmm. then you can build off of that next year. Mm -hmm. Or he can, I guess. Yeah, yeah. That's the case may be. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that sounds great. Um, Is that it? Anything else? Um, Yeah, I've just been playing a bunch of idle games on my phone, stuff that I can just sit down and and not look at for a while. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's good this time of year, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Just check in, you know, write for 20 minutes and then check in. Yeah. See how, <laughs> see how your egg farm is doing. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, Egg Inc. had a really big update this week. Oh, did it? <laughs> yeah. So, talking about egg farms. Uh, oh. Yeah, it had a really big update. So, there's in, I, I played Egg Inc. for a couple of years now, I think. Uh, and there's there's contracts that show up every, every week. And uh, so, you get together with a group of people. Um, and you have to produce a certain amount of eggs. And there's usually, there's three levels in each of the contracts. Uh, but they changed the whole contract system now so people are graded on how well they do in it. And then it starts matching people with people who are closer to them with, in, in grade. Uh, and so nobody started with a triple A grade, but they took the like the grading for eggs and they put it to, to people in here. Uh, but it's a double A was the highest anyone started initially as. And I started as the highest one, so I was really excited about that. Uh, and then moved to triple A after the first contract came through. So um, I just, I, I thought it was really, it's really nice because sometimes I would get get in a co-op with people and I would be the only one who is producing all the eggs, which I don't necessarily mind, but it takes longer. So it takes like a, the full six days for the contract rather than like if everyone's working really fast, it can be done in one day. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad you mentioned. I, I totally forgot about that until you mentioned it. Well, I, I wasn't. I was thinking of eggs Inc. when I made the reference to egg farming, but I didn't know they had made an update. So. Yeah. <laughs> these games sound excellent. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. You're fired. <laughs> yeah, even I can't laugh at that. One. <laughs> OJ is going to beat you up so badly. <laughs> to be fair, I think I stole that one from Vincent Price. 
<laughs> You're going to be egged in the parking lot is what's going to happen. <laughs> with like, uh, with like, uh, what's a, what's a big bird? What has a big Dodo. egg? Yeah. Well, I guess they're extinct. Ostrich? Ostrich, yeah. Ostrich egg. There you go. face is going to look scrambled. Yes, with an, an extinct egg. OJ's <laughs> first thought is, let's use extinct eggs. <laughs> That's how serious I am. I was thinking of Sesame Street when you brought a big bird. Uh, also, I, I've been, I'm rewatching Buffy, and I just Big Bird does I, have a nest. <laughs> uh, I'm watching Buffy, and I just had the well. There, uh, I'm in second season, so the second season egg episode was last night too, with a uh, little crawly like face hugger type things. Oh yeah, yeah. It's the second season when Buffy gets really good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that first season, uh, when I tell people to watch Buffy, they start watching that first season. And they're like really? This is good? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, 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 it gets so much better. Yeah. <laughs> the first season struggles. Yeah, uh, yeah, because, like, I think, yeah, season two was way better. And I like season three a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I, I mean, from there on, it, mm-hmm. it gets good. It's just mm-hmm. that first season that's really kind of struggling, right? Yeah. yeah. And I, I generally rewatch it uh, every year, maybe every other year, uh, but that first season is a little rough to get through. Uh, but yeah, once I hit two, and then especially uh, three... I'm, it's it's a lot easier. So when you get through three, are you going to start mixing and watching Angel with it? So I've <laughs> I've done that before. I'm not 100 percent sure if I will. I really don't like Angel. Like not just that I, the show is okay. I don't like Angel as a character. <laughs> okay. So uh, so it's 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 kind of rough. So sometimes I just watch the specific episodes that relate to Buffy. <laughs> Or uh, David Boreanaz. He he's like one of our major fans, and he's listening. He's crying right now because well, like he like he has posters of OJ, and he just ripped one of them up. Look, he's already really good at brooding, and now you've given him a reason to brood. Uh, so I will say I love David Boreanaz uh, with with much passion. So if you're listening, David Boreanaz, I love you. I just I don't like how Angel was written. That's fair. Just having yeah. like a community moment with like yeah. I love you in in IMDb. <laughs> like I, I know there's people that are like in retrospect, like the whole relationship with Angel and Buffy mm-hmm. was kind of creepy. Like yeah, there's a lot of issues with those two mm-hmm. shows. Like if you really start, you know, deconstructing them, there's mm-hmm. a lot of issues. And then when you find out what was going on behind the scenes, you're like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, a lot of that kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'm like. Vampires and romance just going always go like a lot of those going like you know like Twilight had the, I didn't watch Twilight mm-hmm. but I know of the issues and mm-hmm. yeah Twilight made it worse than normal uh, if we're being honest oh yeah I I know enough about Twilight yeah. to know that it's yeah. a terrifying thing that mm-hmm. to exist yeah Alicia do you have something you want to share <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> Just agreeing on the Twilight fact. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, I'll talk real quick about two things that I have played. I haven't played a lot of either of these games. I kind of dipped into them. Uh, the first one is Minecraft Legends. So this is the Minecraft real-time strategy game. Um, it is a sort of Pikmin-style so- game. So, like, you are controlling a character sort of down on the ground with the player, so mm-hmm. it's not like a god mode, you overlooking everything mm-hmm. happening. Um, and it is it is not as good of a game as Pikmin is. Mm-hmm. Um, it is just, it reminds me of, um, 
it reminds me a lot of was Minecraft Dungeons, the like sort mm-hmm. of Diablo style uh, slasher game that they put out a year or two ago, mm-hmm. where it just felt like such a stripped down version of that genre. Mm-hmm. They you you just thought, well, there's better versions of this. If I want to play this style of game, there are better ways to play this style of game. And that was my reaction playing it as well, playing Minecraft Legends, uh, that as I was playing it, I just kept thinking, there's better real-time strategy games. I'd rather play Pikmin than play this. I'd rather play, you know, Total Annihilation or play, you know, any of those style of games um, than set and play this one. I'd rather go back and play Warcraft, you know. so it's not a terrible game. It's you know I think they know their market and I think they're targeting these towards kids. Um, you know, making games that are maybe a bit stripped down so that it's like baby's first uh, real time strategy game <laughs> or something. <laughs> um, and, and I don't mean I say that as a joke. I don't mean that to be dismissive because you know that can come off as like dismissive towards the people who are playing it and everything. And I don't mean it that way, but it, it very much is like an introduction. And I, I, I just don't think it's worth the, the effort. Um, there are better games to play and I think better ways to get introduced to the, those genres. Gotcha. Um, Redfall, which again, I'm going to say I've played very little of. Redfall is the game that when Microsoft announced it, it looked like it was going to be another Left for Dead and you were going to have four characters and run through levels killing vampires instead of zombies. It is. It wishes it was that. <laughs> this is an open world game that is borrowing very heavily from Borderlands, so it's like a looter shooter. Um, and as you as you play through this game, it's just so weird. This is a game that looks in plays very much like it came out prior to Borderlands. Like, it did not learn the lessons from Borderlands. It's not building off of that. It predates Borderlands. And so you're you're in this, like, New England town, and the town is pretty neat-looking in some ways. Like, there's a movie theater, and your base is out of this uh, uh, fire station. And it's kind of neat but there's just not a lot to do and when you do have things it's like okay well here's a few vampires now shoot them a lot and then run up and stake them and that's the game over and over and over again so is that why they apologized yeah so we'll get into that in the news but yeah they have apologized because this does not feel like a first party triple a game which is very much how they've been marketing this this is a 70 dollar game Holy um, moly. <laughs> and this feels like it feels like a game from 10 to 15 years ago mm. to start Yikes. with. Mm-hmm. Right? Like it feels like a game out of time. And then even when you do play it, like if you can get over that fact, you know, there's bugs and stuff, but like a lot of games launch with bugs. I'm not even going to hold that against it. My bigger thing is it's just boring to play. Mm. And again, I would say the same thing like with Minecraft Legends, except this very clearly is not targeted towards like kids Mm -hmm. in the way a Minecraft game is. Um, But it very much feels like, hey, have you never played one of these games before Mm -hmm. or seen one of these types of games before? Well, then this 
will be a total revelation to you, I guess. It's Borderlands too spicy for you. <laughs> right. Um, you know, a game that you can pick up for like less than $10 now. So like your money would be better spent buying Borderlands than this, right? Like it's available on the Switch and, you know, every other conceivable platform. Like go play Borderlands instead of playing this is my reaction. Um, you know, and, and it's a shame because this is coming from Arcane... These are, uh, this is a very, you know, talented studio that's made lots of interesting games. It is it, sort of, it feels like there's a bigger story behind this game. Like something went wrong in development. They were forced to rush this game out. They knew it wasn't finished. Something has gone wrong with this game. Um, and, you know, I don't want to speculate because what do I know about actually making video games? That's not what I do. But it feel it has that feeling of you watch it, you're sitting there playing it, and it's like watching a, a movie that you feel like, man, behind the scenes, there's a really cool story about what went wrong with this movie. <laughs> yeah. And while you're playing this, you feel like there's an interesting story about what went wrong with this game behind the scenes. You want the disaster artist for this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like make that interactive and playable, yeah. right? Like play through a version of this game where they explain what went wrong with it. Do it as a visual novel. <laughs> yeah, I've seen a lot of disappointment about Redfall. Yeah. It, yeah, I, I didn't read the but I saw that they apologized for it, and I was like, oh, man. <laughs> that can't be good. <laughs> yeah, so let's just transition into that with the news. Um, Phil Spencer, the head of Xbox, has come out and publicly apologized for this game, which is not something that game uh, game console manufacturers often do, mm-hmm. right? Like, right. when's the last time you remember Nintendo publicly apologizing <laughs> for one of their games? Um, and, you know, sometimes we get this because there's a bug or there's some issue with a game you know, an overloading of the servers when a multiplayer game launches. Um, but, like, apologizing for the quality of a game. Mm-hmm. This game is not at the level that we expect it to be. Um, and, and the fact that it's the head of Xbox. Like, it's not the people who made the game <laughs> right. apologizing. It's the people making the console you play it on <laughs> apologizing. Right. And, and now they are owned by Xbox, so they are a first-party developer at this point. Uh, so... I mean, I suppose the buck does stop at the top of Xbox. But, yeah, you're right. You know, this is not a statement coming out from the developers themselves. This is their boss coming out and apologizing. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a look. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, they have said they're going to continue to support it. But, like, this game had bad sort of mojo going with it before it even launched. They came out and said... It would not have a performance uh, setting at launch. So it was only going to have a quality setting. So what that means is on an Xbox Series X, this game only runs at 30 frames per second. There's not an option to run it at 60 frames mm. per second. And Wow. That doesn't matter to everyone. Mm. Like, And I'm not sure how many people actually really care about that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But among diehard fans, they care quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so there was already a black eye on this game before people got to play it. Um, And, you know, and then it came out and, you know, like, I guess for me, like when I look at a game like this, I I sort of think this either has to be really fantastic or it has to be really scary. Mm -hmm. Right. And, 
people who want to play a really scary game will forgive that it's not the best game mm-hmm. uh, if it's kind of scary, right? It's got those great visuals. Like Ryan was talking about with uh, Doom 64. If it has that great design and everything. This doesn't really have that, and it's not really a great shooter. So the question becomes, why would anyone play this? Um, which is, a, you know, a damning <laughs> remark to make about a game. But, like, I think that's an issue that a lot of these games face now. Is there's so much competition out there. And, you know, Je- uh, Star Wars Jazz Survivor just released. Um, Breath of the Wild comes out next week. Um, well, not Breath of the Wild. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> Breath, Breath of the Wild 2. Electric <laughs> <laughs> Boogaloo. Uh, comes out next week. And so there's so many good games coming out right now. Why would you play this game other than it's free on Xbox Game Pass? This is like the Millhouse Van Hooten's dad of video games. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, I don't know who that's meaner to. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe like the new theme song for Redfall can be Can I Borrow a Feeling? (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, I think this is playing into a bigger issue that a lot of people are talking about with Xbox that Xbox is not having those big hits and Mm -hmm. hasn't had those big hits in a while. And, you know, certainly uh, we've talked on here before about Halo Infinite, which is a very good first, uh, very good single player game, I think. Um, And I think the multiplayer is pretty good, but there was just no support for that game. Like they just dropped it basically (laughs) after it came out. And so that's left a very bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. Um, obviously, I just talked about Minecraft Legends. That's an that's an Xbox developed game. I think that actually did come out on other systems. I think maybe that's on Switch and some other things. But again, that's a letdown. You know, there was a long dry spell of them just basically not releasing any games. Um, and then you know, here's one of their big games for this year, and it's come out and. This isn't just people being indifferent, which happens to a lot of games. This is people being actively, we don't like this game. At least fall was like a fitting word to have in the title. (laughs) Red fell is more (laughs) like it. Um, Red ring of death fall. Oh, yeah, that's very Xbox appropriate. Um, But yeah, this is, you know, this is bad times for Xbox. Mm Mm-hmm. And I say that as an owner of an Xbox, so I'm not anti-Xbox. I own an Xbox. I like that system. PlayStation I, crew for life. <laughs> uh, you know, I like Game Pass. I think Game Pass is an incredible value, but they, you know, they've got to figure out what's going on with their first-party games, both getting those games out more often and making them of higher quality. So um, there's some very, like, down depressing news let's talk about some happier news the strong museum of play is creating a playable 20 foot tall donkey kong arcade cabinet mm-hmm. just, i just want to go do this yeah so <laughs> like that that field sounds trip. amazing <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, field trip let's go <laughs> i think maybe we've mentioned the maybe we mentioned this off air we talked about this but the strong museum of play is widely considered to be one of the top two video game museums. And it's not a full video game museum, but they have a pretty extensive uh, exhibit there on video games. Um, The other one is the National Video Game Museum, which is in Texas somewhere. I forget exactly where. Um, 
But, uh, yeah, this is really cool. Like, uh, you know, one of the things I know that I've heard some people who are into the preservation of games and have talked about how do we put video games into museums. One of the big issues has been how do you present video games in a museum? Like, do you just have an arcade in there? Or, like, do you have to think of clever ways to present, you know, this material and everything? And so I think this sounds like a clever way of doing that, right? Like, how do you take this game that's about a, a gorilla climbing, <laughs> uh, a, you know, construction <laughs> work site and everything and make it feel properly epic and scaled? <laughs> and, like, okay, you scale it up. You build a gigantic arcade cabinet, you know, the size of Donkey Kong. <laughs> Um, and so I think that's a, a pretty clever solution that they have for it. I was just saying, how big is each like bit going to be? Because like it's an eight bit uh, game, right? Yeah. yeah. Like how big is each of those squares going to be? Each pixel? Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, each pixel, like I, I don't know. It would be almost like a foot. Yeah. Yeah. They're little square pixels. Yeah. Actually, I don't know. In the original arcade cabinet, they might have been more rectangular pixels. Mm. Pixels Just are like, different sizes. Yeah. Can can we switch the music back and forth between classic DK music and the DK rap? <laughs> <laughs> That's I, what we need. I would assume if you're building a gigantic Donkey Kong cabinet, you would at least have an exhibit with the DK rap, mm -hmm. particularly after the Mario movie. Mm -hmm. right? You would want to have something like that. Um, let's see. Sega of America workers are asking for voluntary recognition by management for their union. So they have not officially uh, voted to like unionize, but they're looking at forming a union. They're asking Sega of America to go ahead and voluntarily recognize that. Um, this is just a continuing of a story trend that we've talked about, which is more and more game studios are getting unionized. Mm -hmm. And it started a lot with Q&A teams, but we're seeing it expand out into all the employees at game studios. Um, this is, I think, a generally good trend, we all think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, more workers to unionize and stand up for their rights, particularly with some of the abuse that we've seen and talked about in the game industry. Um, Sounds like a, a, a net positive. Um, let's see. Alicia, just for you. Funko Fusion. Yay. <laughs> Coming from former Traveler's Tales developers who make the Lego games. They're making a Funko game. I think they've made a Funko game. Somebody has made a Funko game before, but they're making a new Funko game. Um this one is going to much sort of like the Lego Dimensions game that borrowed all these different franchises. This is also going to borrow a bunch of different franchises. The ones that they've uh, mentioned so far are Umbrella Academy, which I, I got to say is a weird one in this mix, <laughs> or was to me. Uh, this um, whole list is kind of a weird one, I think. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not against it, but... Back to the Future, Jurassic World, The Thing... Uh, Child's Play, which is, again, also really kind of weird in there. I guess The Thing and Child's Play are both kind of weird. Like, mm -hmm. you have yeah. these horror movies in the mix. And then Masters of the Universe. Um, mm -hmm. There's going to be more properties, but those are the ones that they've announced so far. Marty McFly versus Chucky. <laughs> it's the battle we've all always wanted. <laughs> Skeletor and Chucky team up to finally defeat He-Man. <laughs> oh, man. I just... Are Funko Pops make me so uncomfortable. Just <laughs> the, the black eyes just mm. 
are so uncomfy for me. <laughs> I'm like, I, I don't. I think I said this in the group chat when you sent this trailer to us, and I was like, I don't think I've ever hated a game trailer as much as I <laughs> hate this one. <laughs> like, I'm I'm down for the concept. I love you know crossovers bringing weird things together that don't seem like they would go together and making it work. I just wish it wasn't Funko Pops. (laughs) Yeah, I'm always a little hesitant to really rag on Funko Pops because I know they're obviously popular and somebody is buying them and collecting them. More power to those people. (laughs) But (laughs) I hate Funko Pops. (laughs) I think they look hideous. So I think making a video game where you copy that design (laughs) just seems so like you could have made this look like anything and almost anything would be better than the Funko aesthetic. (laughs) So, I mean, it's an automatic turnoff for me just for that reason. Like I, I'm not as offended by the Funko. Like I think they're, they're fine for what they're, I, and there's sometimes I've been tempted to get a Funko just because it's not something I expected to see a Funko of. Like I did not expect to see Blade Runner Funkos and I was, but I, I stopped myself from getting those because I know that'll be kind of the thing if I keep getting them if I get one. Yeah. And But also, I don't I don't want an entire video game of things that look like Funko, so I'm not that into <laughs> right. the design. Like, it's okay. I don't, I'm not that, I don't care that much. I also feel like, you know, this is, this is behind the times. This is the problem that you run into, I think, a lot of times with the development time for a video game. So you get this license and you work on this game for three years and three years later when your game's coming out, everybody's like, no, Funko Pops are kind of on clearance now. Yeah. This is not the hit thing that it was, you know, three years ago. And even then it kind of felt like it was probably beginning on the downturn, right? This feels like if you were like, hey, let's make a Beanie Babies game. That's what I was just thinking. (laughs) Yeah. But at least a Beanie Babies game would be cute. <laughs> That's true. Funko is just uncomfortable. <laughs> you could have that Princess Diana bear in there. there oh my go. gosh. There you go. Although I am intrigued by the idea of like the thing and how that would cross over with Jurassic World. Like <laughs> that'd be some cool monster stuff. I will say too, like, why don't we have an Umbrella Academy game that's not Funko Pop? Exactly. Like I would that, love one. that would be just something that should exist on its own. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, is that show over? Was the third season the, like, final season? No. Okay, I, well, are they doing, I think it's still going. They're doing yeah. one more season? Because I know they did at one point announce, like, this is the end. Yeah, so, well, I don't know if it's the end, but the end of the last season didn't seem like an end. Okay. It seemed like the beginning of the next season. Yeah, I still haven't watched season three, but I feel like I remember them announcing seasons three and four together. Okay. Maybe that's the, the four seasons going to be the last. Um, I knew they had, I thought they had announced like a, a definite end for that show and everything. Um, all right. Um, this is kind of probably the biggest news, but I kind of buried it a bit. Bury the lead here. Uh, the UK CMA, which is the competition and market authority has blocked Microsoft's Activision uh, purchase. Um, so this is the equivalent of our FTC, Federal Trade Commission, mm-hmm. um, and they have to approve this deal, and they have said, no, we're not approving it. We are rejecting mm-hmm. it. You cannot do this deal for another 10 years. You cannot reapply to do this deal oh. for another 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, they Microsoft can appeal that decision, 
but apparently there's not a very high success rate for appealing these decisions. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're, I guess we're kind of left in limbo right now, uh, but it seems more likely than not at this point that this deal won't go through when mm-hmm. for most of this time it seemed very likely that this deal would go through. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is where I'm confused. Are Microsoft and Activision based in the UK? No. I, th- I thought they were US-based, so why... I, I, I'm like, I don't... Like, obviously, I get why it's a big deal that the UK organization is blocking it, but I'm like, wouldn't sure. the US organization be the one with that power? So my understanding is that if you are one of these very large companies and you have offices around the world and you are like, you know, so like they... There's probably a Microsoft UK yeah. business entity, yeah, right, um, that operates there, and you know, in order to like manage all their cells and everything in mm-hmm. the UK, that because of that, they have the right to approve or disapprove of this deal. Okay, so they would need to get approval from all of them, from UK and US and wherever else, and the European Union. Those are the three big ones: okay. US, UK, and European Union. Okay. And since the UK left the EU, they have to get approval from them now as well. Yeah. Uh, or separately, I guess. Dang. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is this is a pretty big deal. I mean, this falling apart and, you know, I, I think a bigger deal for Activision than Microsoft because mm-hmm. Microsoft will just kind of move on forward, <laughs> though. Yeah. Obviously, this kind of hurts them when it comes to having games to put out, Mm -hmm. (laughs) as we were talking about earlier. But, uh, you know, for Activision, Activision has been very motivated to sell. And when you look at Activision as a company, you kind of get a pretty good idea why they're motivated to sell. Mm -hmm. They have one game, Mm -hmm. Call of Duty, Mm -hmm. and they're really not making any other games. Blizzard is putting out Diablo 4 this year. But then it's also how many of us still don't care don't care to support blizzard mm-hmm. right well i mean and then there's all the internal problems yeah. right uh with the harassment and mistreatment of employees and everything else that's gone on there yeah uh, like they need they need new upper management if they're going to have any chance at i mean we've talked about this before they're, they need new upper management if there's going to be any chance of people believing that anything has changed right and so if they can't sell, what do you do? <laughs> yeah, I think to a lot of people, this seemed like a way to um, cut part with the with the past, right? Mm-hmm. And like kind of move on and make a fresh start. And there was still going to be a lot of work to do for Activision and, and Blizzard, but at least you could clear out a lot of the upper management and, you know, kind of start anew. Um and, you know, now if this deal falls through, like, who does that? Because the upper management are the ones still running the place. Mm-hmm. So they have little incentive to clear house. Uh, plus, the company's already floundering. So when the company's floundering, it's maybe not the best time to come in and clear house. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, it just may precipitate that even more. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you know. There are reasons to have been against this deal, but there are certainly consequences for the deal falling apart. 
Um, let's see. Um, PSVR 2 has finally been released to physical retailers. So theoretically, you can walk into a store and actually buy it in person now instead of having to buy it through uh, Sony's digital storefront, which seems... Like it's one of those stories you read and you go, "What? This was not physically available before." I say, I never would have like I was. I saw this. I was like, "What? <laughs> Hang on." Yeah, I would think like you know, physical hardware you would want into a store. That's the one thing that stores are better at still. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can buy your games digitally. You can't buy hardware digitally. Um, let's see. The Super Mario Brothers movie has now passed. $500 million domestically and over a billion dollars worldwide. It is the highest grossing release of this year. Yay, this Mario. Crazy. <laughs> that was just I, I can't even fathom that much money. <laughs> <laughs> of course not, we're grad students. <laughs> <laughs> That's more money than all the grad students have seen together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's about... Five hundred million more than all the money yeah. that I've seen. <laughs> I, uh, so I mean, it it was good for what it was. I just wish that Chris Pratt wasn't at the head. It's Mario. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, um, we're going to see more of him because they are definitely making a oh, Super yeah. Mario Brothers mm-hmm. movie too, and uh, yeah. probably about twenty different spinoffs. I mean, I'm sure we're yeah. getting a Donkey Kong movie and. Mm-hmm. Uh, all sorts of stuff. This is this is the superhero cinematic universe, cinematic universe dies. This is what <laughs> takes over. Like, well, I mean, you know, like Universal is doing this, and Universal doesn't have superheroes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Like they don't have Marvel. They don't have DC. So like they, this well, is they tried to do their MonsterVerse, but I think that kind of right died. Well, they, they did. Te- I think they still technically like have some sort of ownership of the Hulk, but. What are they going to do without, like, you know, access to the whole MCU? Nobody's going to want to watch, like, the Hulk just play by himself. Like, Yeah, my understanding of that deal is, like, they can't put out a Hulk movie by themselves. Oh, like, okay. But neither can um, Marvel or Disney, right? So, like, they kind of have to work together to put one out. Hulk can smash anything except the limbo that he's in. <laughs> right. Like, it's kind of a, kind of a mess. Uh, with that, but like they don't have that sort of big property, right? To create right. the cinematic universe, and yeah, you're right. They tried that dark universe with all the classic Marvel or uh, Universal monster movies, and that fell apart instantly. I say it like <laughs> barely existed. Like and the first movie they released of that fell apart. <laughs> I and like. Like, don't get me wrong, I, I grew up on the Universal Horror movies. I have, like, a love for those characters. Like, one of my favorite games is a game called Horrified, where you're fighting off the Universal monsters. But, like, one of my, that's one of my favorite board games. But I, I don't know how well those characters work now, for the most part, except in some things. But, like, I, I don't I don't want to see all those monsters, like, fighting, like, over international, like, conflicts to save the world or destroy the world, like, in modern day. We don't need Earth. Godzilla versus King Kong with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons. Uh, well, this is, you know, we're getting sort of off topic, but like, that's the reason the Brendan Fraser mummy movie works. Yeah. Like, setting that movie in the past works for that. And like, you try to make a mummy movie today, as they did with Tom Cruise, it just comes off like kind of goofy. And on cruise control. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> I stole that joke from the critic, to be fair. 
<laughs> poor man, I, I've poor OJ. He's already sick, and he now he has to spend all this energy left to beat you up. <laughs> I feel really bad for him, for him, not you, <laughs> for him. Well, I have to do it now. I have a better shot of getting away. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean. Yeah, obviously this is a huge blockbuster. I mean, if you're thinking from the perspective you want to see more video games translated into movies and television, then certainly the one-two punch of this and The Last of Us has Mm -hmm. really accelerated that, I feel like. Um, And, you know, yeah, it does feel like sort of that Iron Man, Batman Begins moment, right? Yeah. Where like you have these hits come out and everybody's like, okay, we we can do we can do this. Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, I guess it was the Dark Knight that came out the same. I'll like, say Batman Begins was two thousand six. Dark yeah. Knight and mm-hmm. Iron Man were both two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I look forward to that moment when like he has to like snap his fingers and, like it's a me Mario, mm-hmm. and then like Chris Pratt's Mario was like dead and we have to move on. <laughs> <laughs> like, Give me Pedro Pascal Mario. I still I still watch the SNL Mario Kart trailer like on the regular because it yeah. just makes me happy. <laughs> if they're not willing to kill Mario, maybe they can do a Mario multiverse and we can just move on to focusing on like a different Mario. You get Dr. Mario. <laughs> it's a different Mario every time he dies, right? Like Mario comes back, but it's a different multiverse oh, Mario. Time Lord rules. Like that's how multiple lives work in this like cinematic universe. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> I look forward to we need Tom. Mario. We need Tom Baker playing Mario. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see, Forza Motorsport. This is the new, like, whatever it would be, Forza, Forza Motorsport Seven or something. But like, they're just retitling it with no number. But anyways, they're adding blind accessibility options to this. Um, that uses sounds to guide players on the track and uh, in order to shift gears. They put out a video showcasing this. It is really fascinating. Mm-hmm. So basically they are adding, so I don't know if you've ever been in one of these cars that has like lane assistance where mm-hmm. if you like kind of cross out of the lane, it goes mm-hmm. beep, beep. They're basically adding that into the game so that mm-hmm. blind people are able to play uh, Forza Motorsport, mm-hmm. and they're also adding it so like it gives you a different sound when it's time to shift gears mm-hmm. and like all these sorts of you know different cues and everything. Just really fascinating and really one of those things as you're watching, you're going, they certainly did not have to do this, mm-hmm. or even you know I would even go so far as to say need to do this, right? But it's really awesome that they are doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Th- this is like. From all this, this is the thing that I'm most happy about, mm-hmm. most excited about. That's really good, awesome. Like, th- this is something that, yes, let's normalize this. Mm-hmm. Let's make this keep happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean. And, like, hype them up and appreciate the fact that they did this. Mm-hmm. Uh, accessibility options in games have just made such leaps and bounds, particularly over the last decade, I would argue, um, that, you know, Again, if you don't have those sorts of issues, um, then, you know, fantastic for you. But for the people who do, when you talk to somebody who's colorblind and the fact that so many games now have colorblind options allow you to adjust the coloring, um, there, you know, there are options for people to prevent them from getting motion sickness. I have a friend who can't play first person games. She gets motion sickness from it. 
And, you know, they're now putting options in to try to mitigate that as much as possible. Um, you know, to even these, you know, the, the Xbox uh, accessibility controller, which lets you sort of customize with different, uh, different functions so that, you know, people can play, you know, like allowing you to like breathe onto a controller in order to like control and that sort of thing. This is all fantastic as far as like opening up video games to a much wider audience. And it's cool to think about like the ways that you can like make um, like other like different genres of games blind accessible. Like, mm-hmm. like I know like, and you know, you'd have to like maybe like alter the name of this genre, but like, you know, visual novels like that, there's, there's gotta, you know, there's gotta be ways to use audio in place of having people like see things as a way to like give people options and say, this is what's going on. And, well, we, see, we do that with yeah. movies, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, or or adding subtitles on things that are, uh, you know, I've been, mm-hmm. um, my favorite Let's Player on YouTube, Rome Mithril, I've been rewatching his Spyro runs, and, you know, the first Spyro has no, di- it has no subtitles. Right. You just have to rely on listening to them. And so, like, even, like, the simple things like that that just make this better for everybody. And, and that used to be standard in games. Yeah. No subtitles. You no subtitles. Can, you could maybe turn them on in some games, but... Right. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that was the standard for a long time. No subtitles, and then they that was the first accessibility options I really started to see mm-hmm. in games, where games start to add subtitles, which were useful to even people like me who don't have hearing issues, mm-hmm. or not significant hearing issues at least, because a lot of times I could understand what somebody was saying in a game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was just useful to be able to have that on screen so I could go, oh, okay, that's what he said there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously that was – I don't want to say that was easy, but it was certainly on the easier scale of things to fix in games. Yeah. Now seeing how far they've come, like, it's just really impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I don't want to give them too much credit because they can always do more and do better and help more people. But but I think we do need to give a lot of credit for the fact that they're doing anything. <laughs> right. And, yeah. you know, certainly charities like Able Gamers have really pushed mm-hmm. this hard and worked with these developers in a lot of cases, very hands-on saying, hey, here's, here's the sort of issues that we're dealing with. Here's ways that you could potentially make this easier mm-hmm. for us. I know that uh, colorblind options, a lot of times that's just been presets. Uh, you can choose between these four presets, and people who are colorblind are like, no, I need to be able to individually choose the colors mm-hmm. and settle myself because mm-hmm. uh, your options don't you know, address my particular colorblindness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, there's always more to do, but it's also really cool to be in a spot that we're doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, let's see here. Um, the PS5 shot, uh, shipped more consoles in quarter one than any console in history. Street Fighter, uh, film has gotten directors. These are the directors from a film called Talk to Me. Uh, Ryan and Danny Philippou. I, I don't know how to pronounce that last name. So that's my guess. <laughs> And then one last uh, story here. Hogwarts Legacy has officially passed 15 million in sales. Um, so we talked a lot about that game leading up to release. It's obviously been a bona fide runaway success, bigger yeah. than any of the past Harry Potter games. Um, 
you know, I think that probably says a lot about like discourse online doesn't actually translate either into cells or against cells. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. a lot of that discussion, I think, you know, probably a lot of people simply weren't aware of any controversy surrounding <coughs> this game and just went out and bought the game, right? Mm -hmm. So um, make of that what you will and everything. Um, but that does it for news for us. Um, so let's see. For our big question this week, we're going to play a little game. For all you listeners, you need to understand, Justin sends this to us, and normally we see what the big question is. This time he just put name game. We have no idea what's coming right now. <laughs> it's the name game. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> um, I, said, I, th I thought it was going to, I thought, oh gosh, no, the icebreakers. <laughs> <laughs> no, you will never get that from me. I hate icebreakers. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, no, so like I, I, I thought, Let's vary this up. We've done some things. We did the Mount Rushmore of game characters and everything. Let's kind of mix this up. Let's do something else a little different here. So we're going to play a game. Um, and so what I've done is I've created a list of video game titles. These are all games for the Nintendo Entertainment System mm -hmm. in North America. Mm -hmm. um, except I'm going to redo a list of three game titles. One of these is not actually a game that was released for the NES, mm. you're going to have to tell me which game was not released mm. for the NES. Is it a mm. game that exists and was released on a different system, or is it a game that just straight up doesn't exist? Um, many of them do not exist. Some of them might exist on other systems. Okay. Um, so, uh, and then we're going to keep count. We'll keep mm -hmm. score and see which of the three of you does best and everything. So, um, are you ready? Yes. As I'll ever be. All right. So, uh, question one. The candidates are Mario is Missing, Mario's Globetrot, and Mario's Time Machine. Two of those are real NES games. One of those is not. Can you repeat the third one again? Uh, Mario is Missing, Mario's Globetrot, and Mario's Time Machine. I'm, so, oh, go ahead. I like. I knew Mario's time machine was real. I thought that was Super NES. My thought is, we've got a consistent naming scheme with mm -hmm. Mario's Globetrot, Mario's time machine. Mario is missing, is not consistent with that theme. So that's why I'm leaning towards Mario is missing, being the fake. It's a real game, though. I think. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, because I've heard references mm -hmm. and jokes about that one. I think Mario's Globetrot is the one that didn't exist. Because I've never heard of that. I've heard of Mario's Time Machine and Mario's Missing. You can also vote separately, so you may not want to talk it out oh, okay. to each oh. other. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought we were... Okay, we, we, we want to do teamwork, answers. Justin. You're right. You are absolutely right, Alicia. I've never heard of it. <laughs> of course, now, like... I'd you, say now you, we... <laughs> you have to consider, like, how advanced is Ryan in his thinking and his, like, game theory? Like, how much was he thinking ahead of how to sabotage you by talking about this very confidently? 
Ryan knows stuff, but like he's often not like that authoritative and confident <laughs> in it. So like, but but both of them were. Mm-hmm. OJ's just a tag along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, OJ's gonna tag along with the human who they beat up after yeah. their podcast. His fish tags along with my face. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm trusting y'all. I'll go with Mario's club trot. That's right. that's my vote for the fake. All right, all of you going with Mario's globe trot. Uh huh. All right, the answer is Mario's Globetrot. So one point for each of you. So I knew about the time machine because I went, because I remembered going to a a video rental store as a kid that was like a small niche one in our, my hometown, and that's how I found out that game exists because that was one of the, I think I even got that game and it didn't work right. I was mad. <laughs> All right, question two. The game titles are Bible Quest. Bible Adventures, Bible Buffet, Bible Quest, Bible Adventures, Bible Buffet. Two of those are real NES games. One of them is not. Are we ready to? I almost feel like it's too easy if it's Bible Buffet. (laughs) Are we ready to give our votes? You can give your votes, and then if you want to talk it out after you vote it. My, mine is Bible Buffet. Okay. I feel like I've heard games with both the Bible, Bible Quest and Bible Adventure. So, Locking in his vote. I could be wrong. I could very much be wrong. Bible Buffet almost sounds like so goofy that like it has to <laughs> exist. OJ, what are your thoughts? So I am... Um... I'm 99% sure that my friend in grade school had Bible Quest and Bible Adventure. So I think Bible Buffet is the the incorrect one, but I'm not I'm I'm very confident but not 100% confident. That's how I feel. So Ryan and OJ both say Bible Buffet? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like like Bible Buffet is just so out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with Bible Buffet. It's the grim sequel to Noah's Ark. <laughs> all right. Now, you know, you all voting alike doesn't help you if one of yeah. you gets it, like, right or wrong. Mm-hmm. That's true. Okay. I'll just I'll just go different for sake of being different. I'll do <laughs> Bible Adventures. All right. Two Bible Buffets, one Bible Adventures. All three of you are wrong. It's Bible Quest. Oh, Bible Quest. Oh. okay. okay. All right, question three. Gilligan's Island. The visual novel. The Goonies. And The Goonies 2. Gilligan's Island, The Goonies, and The Goonies 2. Oh. I have no idea. I'm sure there's a Goonies <laughs> video game. I'm I'm leaning Gilligan's Island. I am t- like I, I also, feel like Goonies is the kind of thing that they would have just made a video game sequel for the heck of it. <laughs> I could see that. But at the same time, like there's some, like some cases of people getting some weird IP and doing a video game about <laughs> it. And like I could see somebody like, let's do Galleon's Island. Why the fuck not? Sorry, that was a big curse word on this podcast. <laughs> um, there's actually a new Inspector's Gadget game coming out soon. So yes, yeah, sometimes Inspector people get <laughs> sometimes people get weird IPs and just make yeah. games. <laughs> 
I'm going to guess uh, Goonies 2 is the fake one. All right. OJ? I just kind of want to believe there's a Gilligan's Island video game. <laughs> <laughs> so I... See, I, I don't remember my youth all that well. It's been, it was a very long time ago. I vaguely remember, though, someone needing a hint on Goonies 2, and it was in a Nintendo Power magazine that I'd seen. So I'm going to say Gilligan, Gilligan's Island. Alicia? I said Gilligan's Island. Yeah. All right. The non-NES game is The Goonies. Wow. I was about ready to guess first Goonies, but like, nah, there's got to be. You know, that would kind of make sense because the first Goonies was probably on like some type of computer or something, like a a Commodore 64. Okay. The Goonies 2 on NES is a sequel to a game called The Goonies, um, but it was very confusing as a Mm -hmm. kid that there was a Goonies 2 and you kind of looked around and went, where Mm -hmm. is the Goonies? (laughs) (laughs) I want to play the first one. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Uh, so, uh, nobody got that one right. All right, moving on to question number four. Wall Street Kid, the original Ghostbusters, Princess Tomato in the Salad Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Wall Street Kid, the original Ghostbusters, Princess Tomato in the Salad Kingdom. Now I'm paranoid, and I'm like, was Ghostbusters on a different system? I'm pretty sure there was a Ghostbusters game. I'm sure there was, but was it on? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Ghostbusters, and guess it was on another system. Um, could be Wall Street Kid. Was it Princess Tomato in the Salad Kingdom? Was that what it? I'm going to guess that one. Yeah. I think the... I was just saying I'm shooting in the dark here, but... I think the original Ghostbusters is the one that wasn't on NES. Is that your answer? Yeah. All right. The answer is the original Ghostbusters. Uh Let's go! (laughs) Alicia and OJ got that one correct. I was like, Princess Tomato in the Salad Kingdom just Mm -hmm. sounds too... Wonderfully unique. I specifically remember that game. <laughs> ah, the original Ghostbusters, I don't think there's a game titled that at right. all. That's yeah. uh, There is a cartoon titled The Original Ghostbusters. Yeah, I totally thought you were adding the original to it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remembered the cartoon, and I, I figured I would have remembered a game that went with the cartoon because I love the cartoon so much. I totally thought yeah. you were... Just and an adding ape. the original to yeah. be like, there's no, yeah. you know, it wasn't Ghostbusters 2. It was the first one. Yeah. There is a game called Ghostbusters, yeah. um, which is very good on the Commodore 64. It's terrible on the, um, on the NES, I believe. Um, so, um, all right, question five. Eight eyes. Eight, like the number eight? Yes. The eight eyes, like eyes in my head. Ten-yard fight. And Lethal Edge, Eight Eyes, Ten Yard Fight, Lethal Edge. Which one of those is not a real NES game? I'm going to guess Eight Eyes. That's where I'm leaning. Okay. Uh, Lethal Edge is the one that didn't ring a bell for me. 
I'm going to guess Lethal Edge. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, OJ, you're on Lethal Edge. Uh-huh. Ryan, you're saying Lethal Edge? Yeah, I'm just going to follow OJ on this one. <laughs> All right. The answer is Lethal Edge. Uh, I remembered Adite, and I, I was pretty sure that Ten Yard Fight was something I remembered. I was like, Ten Yard Fight sounds legit. <laughs> that was an arcade game first. Okay, you said Ten Yard Fight, but now the way you just said it sounded like Ten Yard Fight. Like, <laughs> like who's going to get tenure? I'd play that. <laughs> That'd be Aren't we all going to be me? playing that in a yeah, few years? That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> visual novel. That's real life. That's yeah. not a game. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right. Question six. Um, Chronic Showdown, Pinball Quest, Dr. Chaos. Dr. Chaos. Chaos. <laughs> Chronic Showdown. <laughs> OJ hurt his throat yeah. <laughs> doing the chaos. <laughs> Can't do that while you're sick. Yeah. Chronic Showdown, Pinball Quest, or Dr. Chaos. Which one of those is not an NES game? Chronic Showdown just sounds like such a weird name. I'm gonna I'm I'm leaning towards Pinball Quest because it sounds so generic, but like it could be similar to other things that actually exist, but maybe it doesn't. We're getting a lot of dead air as the three of you think. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I guess I need to fill the air while yeah. the three of you think. Um I guess you said Pinball Quest, Ryan? Yeah. Um, I'll go with Chronic Showdown then. Um, and I'm going to go with Dr. Chaos, but I'm not confident. You just want to say chaos. Yeah. I wish I could. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Alicia gets the point. It's <gasps> Chronic Showdown. I was about to guess that one. Just like, no, that sounds like one of those really weird titles <laughs> that somehow exists. I was like, that's yeah. totally in line with Princess Tomato and, and the Salad Kingdom. <laughs> I wrote that one down first, and then I was like, no, that, that, that's not it. It's Dr. Chaos. Okay. All right, question seven. Taboo, The Sixth Sense, Mighty Bomb Jack, or Hockey? Taboo, The Sixth Sense, Mighty Bomb Jack, or Hockey? I feel like just hockey is too plain. I feel um, like there was a game that was just called hockey, though. I don't know. I'm going to go hockey. I think it's too plain. Nintendo did release very basic sports games. See, but when you say that, you're trying to throw me off. <laughs> what was Maybe. There was hockey, Taboo the Sixth Sense. What was the other one? Mighty Bomb Jack. I'm leaning towards Taboo the Sixth Sense. Uh, I'm going to say Mighty Bomb Jack. All right. The answer is hockey. Let's go. No. Uh, uh, I'm having a Mandela effect moment because I I swear there's just hockey. Games. That's what I thought. Too. <laughs> like. Okay. All right. Question eight. Fester's Quest, <laughs> Mega Man 7, or Zombie Nation? Fester's Quest, Mega Man 7, or Zombie Nation? Oh. 
I don't think Mega Man 7 was released on... Maybe it was? Yeah, I feel like 7 wasn't the NES. I'm pretty sure I remember seeing Mega Man 8 for the PlayStation. And I don't remember there ever being a Mega Man 8 on, like, a Nintendo system. I'm leading This is Mega, Mega Man 7, not Mega Man 8. <laughs> I know, but... <laughs> I'm I'm leaning Mega Man 7. Same. And I'm going to I'm going to throw my vote there. All right. But what were the three options again? I'm sorry. Fester's Quest, Mega Man 7, and Zombie Nation. I'm going to I'm going to go with Zombie Nation. All right. The other two are going with Mega Man 7? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. It is Mega Man 7. Phew. Let's go. All right. Question nine. All right. You, you two need to come back against Alicia. She's running away with this. All right. Question nine. A boy in his blob. Mickey Mouse misadventures. Ghoul school. A boy in his blob. Mickey Mouse misadventures. Or ghoul school. That was and his blob, not in his blob, right? And. Yeah. His blob is with him. <laughs> yeah, boy, and his blob was like a French New Wave film. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I mean, unless I'm not, that'd be awesome if I found out I was right. Un garçon et son blob. <laughs> Directed by Sean uh, Godard. I'm trying to think. Man, I would so watch that movie. (laughs) (laughs) A new musical score by REO Speedwagon. I'm trying Uh, to remember what system, like, all the, you know, like, the Lion King game and Aladdin and that were on. I'm kind of... I can tell you those were Super Nintendo slash Super Genesis. Yeah. But DuckTales and Tailspin and... Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers were all any games. That's true. I'm leaning towards school school. School school? Yeah. I'll go with... Man, I don't... I feel like a boy in his blob is just so... It's like Princess Tomato in the Salad Kingdom. It feels real. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anybody has ever said Princess Tomato in the Salad Kingdom feels real. <laughs> it's just what it's like when you hear wild facts and you're like, maybe if, who made you, you can't have made up something this specific. Maybe if you ate a salad with like the right mushrooms in it, you're like, that sounds so real, dude. I'm going to go ghoul school as well. Me too. All right, everybody's going ghoul school. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. The answer is Mickey Mouse Misadventures. Oh. At least we took Alicia down with us. So was there a Mickey Mouse Adventures or something like that? There were Mickey Mouse games. Okay. That sounded so much like it okay. could have been one. I knew A Boy in His Blob was real, though, because that was that, I really liked that game. I felt like I'd heard of that title somehow. Yeah. So. You throw him jelly beans, and he changes That's great. into things like ladders and <laughs> holes and stuff. He is absolutely right, and that game is really unique and weird. It really is, yeah. Uh, and wonderful. Yeah. All right, final one here. I don't think any of you, yeah, you can't catch Alicia unless we want to make this <laughs> worth more points for the final question. It's not particularly any harder. But. Make it more points, Alex. Yeah. Um, all right, question 10. Gremlins, Yo-Noid, 
the black bass. Gremlins, yo noid, the black bass. Now, Alicia, you can't be looking at your phone. Are you looking up answers? <laughs> oh, sorry, someone on Discord was. Uh huh. Uh huh. Mm. All right, you need to turn on your phone. We need to check your search history. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm, I'm leaning towards Gremlins. I don't know if I don't know if Justin has set me up though to feel like no, there's not going to be something based off this aunt, this baby's <laughs> properties, Ryan. Like, oh nope, there was this time. What is that second one? Gremlins, yo noid, yo exclamation point noid, and the black bass. I don't even know what yo noid is supposed to mean. I thought it was like a Domino's. I'm like, what is pizza noid? Game? <laughs> what is noid supposed to mean? Yo noid was a character for Domino's Pizza. Oh, no, okay. I want pizza. Well, in that case, I'm going the black bass. <laughs> I feel like Domino's would have. You think it's more likely that Domino's had a video game than a fishing game? Yeah, I mean, everyone knows fishing games weren't invented until Big the Cat was. <laughs> that way Sega could sell their fishing games. <laughs> I'm guessing Gremlins, but I have a feeling that this is like, I'm wrong this on it, but I'm just going to go ahead and do it. So one vote for Gremlins, one vote for the Black Bass. I think I'm going to say the Black Bass. All right, two votes for the Black Bass, one vote for Gremlins, and the correct answer is... Ryan with the Gremlins. Oh. Nice. Wow. Oh. I, oh. Remem- I remember I remembered It was a very confusing game. I was like, that's just the kind of weird <laughs> IP that would... Yeah. Once you said it was Domino's and mm-hmm. I had any idea what it was, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Yonoid is a reskinned uh, Japanese ninja game. And when they brought it to the U.S., they reskinned it with the Noid property. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, there's there's a weird history. (laughs) All right, so final scores. OJ in third place with three points. Ryan in second place with four points. And winning, Alicia getting basically half of them, five (laughs) out of ten, with five points. Person who never had an NES. So congratulations, Alicia. You won our first name game. Maybe Yay, we'll, bragging rights. Maybe we'll try this again uh, mm-hmm. with something else. Um, yeah, I, I'm disappointed in myself that I got last place. The one who lived through the NES. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I feel like, so like some of those you were calling out like, oh, I know, this yeah. is a real game. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like I would have been in very much the same situation. Like, uh-huh. no, like that could be it. There were really weird games. Yeah. Back then. <laughs> like, of course they would have right. made a Gremlins game. Like, yeah. <laughs> like mm-hmm. why wouldn't they have made a Gremlins the game? The NES mm-hmm. sounds like a surreal time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was. It, you know, like it, it's weird to go back and look at old game consoles because they really did make weird games uh-huh. and like, you know, we still get weird games today, but like we were getting some really weird titles for games. Yeah. Um, so yeah, <laughs> Princess Tomato in the Salad Kingdom has always been one of my favorites. Like mm-hmm. just somebody went absolutely crazy with the name of that game. Yeah. I can't wait to look that up on Wikipedia <laughs> <laughs> or see if I can find a walkthrough on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sure you can. Yeah. Um, and Ryan, it's actually a game I think you would like. It's sort of a visual novel adventure game. Oh, wow. Game. So I think actually you might like it. Um, All right. That does it for this week. Thank you for listening and tuning in. Thank you, Ryan, Alicia, and OJ for joining me. 
we will be back soon with a new episode. Until then, check salukigames.com. We have uh, past episodes up there and also all sorts of other things that we've done over the years. Um, but thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon. Bye.